What's up, everybody? It's your Draft Queens, Kate and Michelle. And welcome to another episode of Drafts on Drafts. Hey, yo. <laughs> oh, what is better than Drafts on Drafts gets better every week. So do the beers. So does Kate's drinking ability, everybody. It's That's just right. getting better by the week. I'm telling you. So what is Drafts on Drafts, Michelle? For those of whom are tuning in for the first time this week, what is Drafts on Drafts? Tell the people. Drafts on Drafts, if you haven't listened yet, first of all, go back and listen to the other ones. They come out every Wednesday. They have different artwork because we're that OCD and we organize our shows that way. It's really easy for you to find on any platform. So go back and listen to them. But essentially, it is Kate and I doing what Kate and I do best drinking a beer and talking about sports and pop culture aka your draft queens drinking a draft beer thank you and good night that is what the show is yeah that's the end of the show (laughs) and that's the tweet and now we're done no and now we're done have beers to open and drink to both of which are tall boys this week um i've been slacking so i had to step i had to step up my game i apologize for being crappy the last few weeks I just banged myself on my beer. Ouch. <laughs> and it's a tall boy <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah, it's a hefty boy. Um, can I tell you about my beer to start? You can. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna open this up. Okay. Mmm, yummy. Are you, is your <laughs> mouth watering? Would you like a beer? Go grab Please a beer. Please stop. You're being really <laughs> creepy. You're creeping the people out. It sounds it a little bit like Saw. Okay, so I'm having uh, a Fiddlehead IPA. It's a funny little name. It is. It's 6.2 alcohol by volume, one pint of an India pale ale, and uh, yeah, it's made in Shelburne, Vermont. So it's like a good, it's your, it's your standard, but very good Vermont IPA. That's what I'm having today. All right. Love that. I am having a local from the Catskills beer this evening uh, from the Arrowwood Arrowwood Farm Brewery, which I believe you frequented for your birthday. It is quite adorable. We love it. Um, And I'm having their accordion pilsner. I realize you give your percent alcohol all the time, so I'll just throw it out there for the fans. 5.2% alcohol by volume. Well, cheers to that, Michelle. May you enjoy your Arrowhood pilsner. All right, let me give it, I got to give it a crack. Hang on. I love that. Sounds so good on the mic. Yeah. All right, cheers. Cheers. Um, fun oh, fact. Oh, so good. Quick fun fact about this episode before we tell you the topic of conversation. Much like a football game, because Kate and I just love a Pele on words, there is a two-minute warning in this episode. Whoever finishes their beer first must ring the two-minute bell warning. The other person needs to get their shit together and drink the rest of their beer. That's just how it works. Draft some drafts, two-minute warning. Kate, do you want to tell everybody what today's episode is all about? Today's episode is about mental health in sports. And the reason we're talking about this today is because it's been uh, a, it's been a topic of conversation given the Olympic trials, right? Or not the Olympic trials, the, the Olympic trials. Olympics. Girl, where you been? Did that beer uh, already no. go to your head? The Girl, I just had way one past sip the trials. Of, <laughs> it's 6.2 ABV, so it's going straight <laughs> to the noggin, straight to the dome. Oh, yeah. The Olympics is what we're talking about. 
Um, and most recently, Simone Biles has been in the news. If you've missed yeah. it, come out from that rock because yeah. there's a lot going on. Um, Simone Biles just recently in the last week uh, withdrew herself from the all-around Olympic gymnastic finals for the women as well as a number of the individual competitions. Uh, and the reason that she's been citing is her mental wellness. So we will get into all of it. And uh, but before we get into that, Michelle, I, I wanted to give a little bit of context. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, other very famous and well-liked athletes who have also cited the same thing in their own journeys. Um, I don't know if you remember Naomi Osaka at the French Open of this year. Did you yeah. tune into any of that? Yeah, I mean, look, this is like an extremely relevant conversation to be having. And and I know you've done a lot of research, so I'm curious to see what you've come across. I'm trying to figure out if this has been something that has been ongoing for quite some time, but hasn't been publicized or talked about. Um, that's where my gut lies. I think that probably with like a lot of things in this day and age, because of social media, because of the fact that people are just willing to speak speak honestly now more so than I think they were in the past. So yes, of course, I remember what happened with Naomi Osaka. I remember she didn't want to do press. I remember she pulled out of tournaments. You know, what happened with Simone Biles is just mind blowing for for folks that are used to just watching these people compete at a high level all the time. You never think twice about their mental health. You know what you do think about? Their physical health, right? Exactly. That's exactly you think about their physical health, what I was going to say. Yes. But no one's thinking about their mental health. And so when I first saw the news about Simone Biles in particular, I was like, well, what happened? Did she get hurt? Is she okay? Like, and then I watched the, you know, I watched the clip, which I'm sure many people did. And I was like, okay, that definitely looks weird, but she didn't hurt herself. Like, so why is she? And so it's just a very interesting change in paradigm and conversation because for an athlete, you 99.9% of the time you're thinking, Physically, are they okay? If they are physically okay, then they should be competing, right? That's right. That's what you would think. But that being said, so there's a couple things that I looked up here. I wanted to give I wanted to give some context because we didn't talk about this when Naomi Osaka pulled out of Wimbledon and also the French Open, uh, or wouldn't talk to press at the French Open, rather. So I wanted to set the table with that because that really started this year's conversation around mental yeah. wellness for athletes. Yeah. Um, at the French Open, if you're not familiar, that happens at the end of May into early June. Um, at that point, Osaka was the number two player in the world. She is a tennis player. She lives in the United States, but she plays for Japan. Um, for the French Open, she just kind of didn't want to do her post-match, post-match news conferences. She didn't want to do it. So they fined her $15,000, and she just announced on social media that she wasn't speaking to the media. She didn't want to, and yep. that she would rather just withdraw from that portion of it. Um, and that she didn't want that as a distraction from anything, really. Um, that just wasn't what she wanted to do for her own mental health. So yeah. that was the first kind of rumbling, you know. And and yeah. since there's been even more swelling since she was in Wimbledon, which happens in, again, it's another Grand Slam tournament. And it happens from June, end of June to early July. Do you know yep. offhand? Yeah. Yep. Okay. You're the tennis expert. So, I mean, yeah, um, you're talking literally less than a month later from, from right. this first kind of, you know, conversation in, uh, for the French Open. Less than a month later, essentially. Exactly. And again, she announced that I will be playing in the Olympics, 
but I I will not be playing in Wimbledon. I'm going to take some time away from the court. Um, I've had a lot of, quote, long bouts of depression, unquote. Uh, She had, quote, huge waves of anxiety before speaking to the news media. Um, And so her her agent or her manager just kind of said she won't be playing this year. She's taking some personal time with friends and family, and uh, she'll be excited to play in front of her home fans when she gets to the Olympics. So that kind of like sets the table for this year, I feel like, Michelle. I don't know if there's any other notable stories from 2021 or even recent future, but I feel like Naomi Osaka started people thinking about this going into the Olympics, right? Yeah, no, I definitely think this is the most relevant, you know, conversation around this topic. I think, no, like I said before, I don't think anyone else is really necessarily willing to speak out about it. Uh, And so this, you know, kind of, like I said, is a change in paradigm. I mean, everything that Everything that she's saying makes total sense. And look, tennis is like a little bit of a different sport too. And we'll get into it when we talk about Simone Biles and tennis too, because, uh, sorry, and the gymnastics. But, um, you know, the I, I want to use this term loosely because I don't mean it like the way it's going to sound. It's a little bit of a luxury that tennis is an individual sport. I only mean that because mentally it is not a luxury to be solo out there. Like all you do is play mind games with yourself. So that part of it is not a luxury. However, when you do have an issue like this and you decide not to play in something, you decide not to play. You know, you're not letting a team down per se, right? Because you are your team, right? And in theory, like if you don't want to play one of the tournaments, then you don't have to play the tournament. You know what you're forfeiting? A win and a check at some point. But you know, the sport is more than that to a lot of these athletes. And if you just are too anxious and you want to spend time off the court and you want to focus on the Olympics or whatever it may be, or you're too anxious or all of those things are a hundred percent legitimate. I just don't think anybody has ever said it out loud that we as fans knew about. I'm sure there's plenty of conversations in locker rooms and training rooms and things that you'll just never know behind a closed door. But this was the first time as a sports fan like as I'm saying it like I really think this is the first time I've ever heard of something like this it's interesting you say that specifically because so fast forwarding now to the 2021 Olympics that started in July just after Wimbledon happened with Naomi Osaka um I I would like to note that this is the first year for any time in Olympic history where there have been mental health counselors on site at the Olympics I don't know if Naomi Osaka had anything to do with that in terms of starting to jumpstart that conversation. But you made a really good point earlier in that up until now, and hopefully from here on out, mental health is being prioritized even even slightly, and that's a good first step. But for the most part, you know, athletes are touted on their physical prowess and just being physical specimens where it's really both. It's like melding of body, mind, and spirit potentially. Um, But at least like the mental portion of it, I thought it was interesting that this is the first Olympics ever to have counselors on site. I bet you it's for two reasons. One, what's been happening around Naomi Osaka. I bet you that definitely played into it. However, that happened two months before the Olympics started. So they must have had this in the works before that. Um, But I think now they're going to tout it as like they're doing this thing to take care of the players and the athletes. I bet you the other thing is, you know, 
this is a very weird Olympics. This is a very weird year. These are people that have been training. They make the Olympics. Oh, and then COVID pops up. Oh, I'm not going to Olympics. Maybe I'm going, I'm training. You know, I've seen these, some of these swimmers were training in like lakes in a backyard. I mean, like this was been, this has been a messed up year for everybody. Imagine, you know, working towards something this big, you know what I mean? And then like everything beats. So I think I'm sure the, the stuff that happened with Osaka played a role in this. However, I think, I think they also knew that it was necessary and that this was going to be a very weird year for a lot of Olympians anyway, just given the circumstances. But good on them for even having it on their list of things to be thinking about because, like I said, this is not normally talked about and not normally something that's prioritized. Well, we we know that because history tells us so. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember these Olympics because both of us were young, but the the first Olympics that I did research on where where physical wellness was very obviously prioritized over mental wellness was especially for well talking about gymnastics specifically I only sure. looked into that particular piece um, but if you look back to the 1996 Olympics with Carrie Strug oh yeah uh, everybody, rem- everybody remembers that. Absolutely. Her coach was egging her on to keep going. And, you know, she had, I think it was a leg injury of some sort where she wasn't totally confident that she could land on her vault. Very like spitting image 25 years later of Simone Biles in this Olympic round, right? Except Carrie Strug did have the physical injury on top of probably mm-hmm. the mental stress that was going on having to, to, but yes, but yes, very, very strikingly similar to, to what we're seeing now. A lot of this kind of opens the door, like it, it opens the door for a couple of things. Yes, physical versus mental, but there is a larger conversation happening right now without getting too far off topic, off topic around coaching and pushing folks too hard mm. and knowing at which point these athletes are at in their career. You know, like even eight years ago when Simone Biles was not the Simone Biles that we see in the media headlines every single day, you know, um, Simone Biles was just trying to get through her first Olympic competition. And she said herself that she was trying to push through physical and mental pain to perform. I think there's something to be said like similar to the Carrie Struggs of the world who really seriously injured herself on her when she landed from her vault. And then there are other folks who have been paralyzed from this kind of thing that it takes a certain amount of, I don't know, being the best where Simone Biles could say, I can step away from this because I'm the best and I know what's best for me. You know? Yeah, 100%. I mean, it just shows what a strong person she is. And I don't mean that physically, obviously. Like, that's really the main crux of this conversation, right? Is like the mental versus the physical. Yes, they are physically strong. Yes, they are physically fit. You also have to be really mentally headstrong. I mean, these people are performing and playing at like the highest of levels. I mean, look, you and I used to play sports, not at the Olympic level, but you definitely went through it the same way that I went through it. You struck out, you missed a basket, you caused a foul, you didn't hit your penalty shot. 
You went through all those things and it wasn't because you physically couldn't do it or something was wrong with you. Something happened. You didn't get it done. And then mentally, what do you do? You beat the shit out of yourself over and over again. And yes, part of it makes you better and stronger and you try not to make those mistakes again. But, you know, at this level, this really wears on you. It takes a very special person, a very strong person physically and mentally, uh, physically and mentally to make sure that you can compete at this level and to... I mean, just seeing the way that she handled it, it was equal parts confusing for me at first, right? Because again, this isn't something you're used to seeing. So at first I'm like, wait, so she's not hurt. She's not going out there, but she's back out and she's cheering her girls on. So I'm like, well, that's really cool. Like at least she's out there and she's cheering for them, like good on her. But I was, I was also just trying to wrap my head around like, wait, why isn't she competing? the whole thing is just very new and it takes a second for you to wrap your head around when you see it. But then when you really spend the time to think about it and she's done an incredible job and I know both of us need to watch the Osaka documentary because I bet you this is spun up in there too. But even just over the last few weeks, like Simone Biles has been very outwardly spoken on her Instagram and on her Twitter. She's like answering questions. She's explaining to people, you know, they, they talked about the, um, the the spinsies or the twirl I forget what it is it's twisties like, the twisties. twisties the twisties I mean you could see it on her face in the video you saw like she didn't know which way was up at that point and that's got to be really really scary for you for sure and but she's answering questions and she's like she's demystifying I guess in a way you know the things like I said that nobody ever talks about you talk about oh my my arm hurts or I br- I did this or whatever so I'm I'm not practicing but nobody's telling you. I'm ha- I'm having a deep doubt of depression, so I I can't compete. But it it makes sense. It happens. It definitely happens, and and especially like if you didn't watch Simone Biles, she again Michelle you nailed it with the twisties. But the twisties are just when you lose control of your mind and or your body, which is not a good thing to have if you're doing a two and a half spinny thingamajig like I don't know (laughs) what they're doing I've never been a gymnast but that being said like it's definitely just as much mental as it is physical and I would encourage like even listening to some of the commentary from Nastia Lukin Michael Phelps talking about their experiences with not being able to quit necessarily when they right. knew right. that 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 maybe it could be detrimental. So it's an interesting intersection that we're finding ourselves in. And I am curious, like, not to take us back too far away from uh, from gymnastics or anything like that, but I am curious, like, how that implicates even other sports as a takeaway, you know, like the NFL yeah. and CTE. It's, it's, it's a thing, you know, yeah. that's mental yeah. and physical health to your brain. I really think that I hope that if it wasn't being done before, because we don't know because it really hasn't been talked about until now, if they haven't been offering this type of like the same way that you got to go to the physical trainer to make sure that like you're in good physical health, like these, these people should at least be offered the opportunity to go to mental treatment. It doesn't mean like anything's wrong with you. It just means these people are under a, a tremendous, tremendous amount of pressure. And that amount of pressure isn't good for anyone. Like we're humans. I get that athletes appear to be superhumans because they're really good at everything that they do and they're way better than the rest of us. But it doesn't mean they're not a human at the end of the day. And like, 
when the Osaka stuff happened and I read, again, it takes a minute to realize and think it through all the way. Cause at first you're like, what do you mean? What do you mean? She's not competing. Like, why not? Like what's wrong with her? You know, it's a new, it's a new paradigm shift that you just have to like wrap your head around and understand that they are humans. Yes, they are, they are competing at a high physical level, but this wears on them so much. Many of them are so young. I mean, Simone Biles is 24. She's 24. Is she really? She's so young. And like, it's funny because she's the oldest one on the team. So now imagine being a very impressionable, like young athlete, like that's hard. You know, you have to compete really. You're, you're, you're not, you're maybe even a teenager. You you can't even like fathom. I can't even fathom some of this stuff. And I'm like, not 24. I'm definitely older than 24. And I mean, it's tough. I'm just, I'm glad it just shows bravery, honestly, that people are talking, you know, speaking up about it because I think people feel that it's worse to have a mental weakness than it is to have a physical weakness. And like, that's not the case necessarily. With that said, Michelle, we're not pivoting too hard, but we are (laughs) at the two minute warning because I am done with my fiddlehead. There she is. Time for final thoughts. Yeah. It's it's time for the two minute warning. It's time for final thoughts on the topic. Yes, yes, yes. my final thoughts on the topic, I think, are pretty straightforward. I think it's really brave that 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 athletes are starting to bring this to the forefront. I think we're seeing it across pop culture, entertainment, music, sports, real life companies. I think people are really starting to realize that mental health is a thing that we need to pay more attention to. You know, a lot of people are really good at masking it. And it doesn't mean that there's nothing going on in there that they need a little bit of, like, relief. And so... You know, good on the Olympics for having, you know, folks there that th- that can help the athletes. I hope that all the major, you know, um, sports leagues kind of, you know, have that if if they haven't already that they they instituted. And I do. I think this. I think this is also something that has been spurred big time because of COVID. Like we are all living through a very very weird time that most people don't live through things like this. And so I think that even more so has elevated people's, you know, awareness of mental health. And right now where the spotlight is, is in sports. And you know what? That's a good thing because people look up to these athletes like they are superhumans and they're perfect and everything's great. And I want to be like that person. Like that person gets anxiety too. That person, you know, can't compete sometimes too. That person gets scared sometimes too. And it's okay. You just work through it. Like that's, it's nice that it's part of the conversation as an athlete, it was never part of the conversation when we were playing. It was like, you're healthy, you're good, you go. I hope that it does have a domino effect too. I hope this just doesn't live in a in a vacuum. You know what I mean? I hope this I doesn't become- I don't think it can. I don't think it can at this point. Now you're talking about this on like a global Olympic le- I don't. I don't think it can. And if it does, I think people are going to be called out. Well, you made a good point earlier, which is that Folks, even us, like as spectators, I had the same mental process as you, which was watching this unfold where Simone Biles was literally, she left the floor with her coach who was saying, you know, you can persevere. You've got it. And she said, no, 
I'm yep. done. These are my limits and I know them and there's strength in that. So I'm hoping that this moment in time gives athletes, it kind of like shifts the power to athletes over their own mental and physical health. I really hope that that's a thing and a priority going forward. And uh, yeah, to your point, like hopefully it expands beyond just the Olympics, but this is the platform to use if you want to make a global statement. So I hope that's the case. And that's the tweet. That's it. (laughs) And that's that's the statement. And that's the statement. Yeah, I think this was a really fun topic to talk about. I think uh, hopefully this is interesting to other people. And like you said, yeah, they're, they're using their platform for something really important. Naomi Osaka says it all the time. Like, I want to use my platform for something good and good for her. Like, she is. So hopefully more people can do the same or at least learn from her. I hope so, too. And if you're listening to this show, I hope you, we both hope, that you enjoy the rest of the Olympics because by the time we talk to you next, they'll be over. So we're dropping this on a Wednesday as any Wednesday. And uh, we have a new episode coming to you on Friday this week, which is all about our bold predictions for the NFL season. But then, Michelle, like we're we're catapulting ourselves right into a new season of football. So this is our last Olympic episode and I hope we're leaving it on a high note for the listeners. I think we are. We love drafts on drafts. We love the Olympics, but it's on to fantasy football, everybody. That's right. Stay tuned, and we will see you on Friday. <laughs> <laughs>